0: You never have to wonder when the lightning bolt is going to come, when he's going to sabotage your future, when you're battling cancer, when the breakup, that is never God punishing you for your sin because Jesus was punished for your sin. In Jesus, you have the God who runs the universe every single day, 24-7, 365 being for you. Back in the year 2010, a very wealthy man named Forrest Fenn hid a million-dollar treasure. Forrest Fenn apparently owned an art gallery and had become wealthy in the process, but around 2010, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and so he decided to add a little bit of adventure to the last years of his story. So he took this old bronze box that dated back to the 12th century, He opened it up and put inside huge chunks of gold nuggets, precious jewels, and rare coins, and then he hid it somewhere in the range of the Rocky Mountains. Afterwards, he self published a book. And inside the book was a poem, and inside the poem were a bunch of clues that would lead the average person with enough interest and passion to find the million dollar treasure of Forrest Fenn. And people searched. Especially after his appearance on the Today Show, dozens of treasure hunters blossomed into hundreds and then into thousands. People were passionate that maybe they could be the one to find this box that would change the rest of their life. Many searched, and in fact, many died. Five deaths were connected to the hidden treasure of Forest Fen. Jeff Murphy of Illinois fell 500 feet. Down a Yellowstone cliff and died. Uh, Eric Ashby was on a raft that overturned on the Arkansas River and he died. A-, a pastor from Colorado told his family he was searching for the treasure and they later found his deceased body on the shores of the Rio Grande. Years passed. Rumors and theories raged online. Some people thought the whole thing was a made up hoax to sell books until one day. A Saturday, right in the middle of a global pandemic, June 6, 2020, a 32 year old medical student from Michigan found a 12th century box somewhere in the state of Wyoming and sent a picture of the treasure to its original owner. This medical student suddenly had all of his debts paid because with that little 10 inch by 10 inch by 5 inch box, he had instantly become a millionaire. And that is a cool story, isn't it? <laughs> when I first got lost, uh, you know, the, the, on the internet rabbit trail with the hidden treasure of Forrest Fan, I, I could not stop reading because there, there's something about treasure that just grabs hold of the human heart, isn't there? Uh, if you parents would hide, like, an old, rustic-looking treasure map, like, under your kid's bed, I, I want you to take a video of what happens on their face, because there's something about hidden treasure or buried treasure or lost treasure or Nicolas Cage and national treasure that's just like, it, it makes your palms sweat, it makes your heart beat. The, the thought that you could be the person, and in an instant, your whole life could turn around with a treasure, it, it has gripped the human imagination as long as stories have been told. Now, most people assume that finding a treasure is not easy. By its very nature, we just think that we're going to have to scale some mountain, we're going to have to dig into some ancient cave. Like It's not going to be an easy task, but many people still do it, not because it's easy, but because they think the treasure is worthy. And according to Jesus, That statement is something you really need to know about Jesus. But the truth is, if if you would read the Bible, Jesus was he was very upfront about what it would cost people like us to follow him. He wasn't talking about earning our way to heaven or or paying some amount of money, but, but he was really upfront with people that it would not be an easy journey to be his disciple. He would say things like, if you want to find your spiritual life, you have to lose the life that you used to have. If you want to follow me and be my disciple, you have to not embrace yourself. No, he said you have to deny yourself. He didn't say, grab your pillow and be my disciple. He said, take up your your cross and follow me. Sometimes it seemed like Jesus was trying to talk people out of being Christians, he, he wanted them upfront, not in the fine print, to know this is not going to be the easiest journey. Because according to Jesus, the will of God is to love God more than anything you love in this life, and is to love other people as much as you love yourself, to, to value people, serve people, prioritize people. And if you've ever met people, uh, that's not easy. In fact, there is this one prayer that Jesus taught his friends to pray. Lots of you have prayed it, but maybe you have never thought about how how crazy the prayer is. Um, Jesus once said that we should pray, Our Father in heaven, your will be done. You ever thought about how nuts that is? To to actually say that? God, mm, let's put away my wish list. Not what I want. God, what you want? Like, God, I'll move over. I'll, I'll sit in the back. You drive. God, not my life anymore. It's it's your life. You be the king. You give the commands. You order. I obey. You say. I submit. You pick the direction. I will follow you. I'll change my mind. Not you. I'll be the one. God, you be the king. I'll be a citizen in your kingdom. Father, your will be done. Many of us have mumbled a hundred times in our life, but that is, a, that is a crazy thing to pray, to absolutely surrender to the will of our Father in heaven. Yeah, there's this sweet thing that a couple say in front of a church or in front of the beach, I'm going to love you, respect you for better or worse, sickness and in health, and everyone claps and they throw the flower petals. Do you know what that means, though? What it says <laughs> I'm gonna try to love you. I'm gonna try to serve you. I'm gonna try to be good to you if you're good to me or if this is like the worst week we've ever had as a couple. right never ever ever do I get to play the card well, you didn't that's not my job. My job is to love. My job is to serve even today and if you've ever been in a stage of a relationship where your cup isn't full and you feel like you're being taken advantage of or taken for granted that That is crazy hard. I mean, just one of those things on a list would make the Christian faith very difficult, but Jesus puts all of them together. Our time, our money, our passions, our desires, the way we treat people, the way we do everything with everything every single day and everyone, that is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And um, maybe that's why some of you, maybe that's why you're not there just yet. Maybe you watch at home or maybe you come here on a Sunday and you, you like the music and the people are nice and the coffee's fresh and you learn a little bit about the Bible, but you're a, little, you're a little bit timid, I think because you get it. Like you'd have to change your mind about some things if you were all in For Jesus. You'd have to open your hands and give up some things if you were all in for Jesus. And you're not, maybe you're not sure if if it would be worth it. Or maybe for some of you, you are a Christian, You, you do believe this, you you do want to try, but maybe the things that I just said are the reason that it has kind of felt like a grind to follow God. Right? The standards are high. Loving people's hard. You, you try and you pray, and like me, you fall and you fail. So you, you say sorry and you get up and you try it again and you pray again and you fall again and you fail again and you say sorry again. It's like day, day after day, <laughs> week after week, month after month, year after year of like trying to be that kind of person, and you never. Quite get there. And so the, the joy that we talk about and the happiness and the satisfaction, it, it sounds good, but that's not, that's not what you feel right now. You feel the burden of the expectations of how God wants you to live. So if you have a Bible with you and want to open up to Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had. And bought that field. In a story, there, there was this guy, and apparently in those days, people didn't use banks very often, and so he just stumbles across this treasure that was hidden in a field. and, and notice what Jesus says, he does next. Can you look at the text with me? It says, "He went and he sold how much? He sold how much? <laughs> he sold everything He sold all that he had and how did he feel about it it says he then in his joy in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field i picture this guy like selling everything that he had and one of his friends comes up to him and says hey hey joe like wh- what are you doing he's got this big grin on his face and he's selling this and he's selling that and he's selling this as a whole big bunch. He's practically giving the rest of the stuff away. He's selling, he's selling. And, and his buddy's saying, what, what are you doing with that? Don't you remember you love that thing? Oh man, don't you remember when, when you and I did no way you're selling that? Like you can't live without that. But big grin pasted on his face. Why? Actually, he didn't love the stuff that he had. Here's my point. But because he had found a better Treasure. The only way you can joyfully give up the things you had is if you found something better than what you had. And according to Jesus, this is what the Christian faith is like. It's true, you and I could talk for a long time, like I did a few minutes ago, about all these things that will be difficult and hard, all the things that we might lose, all those short-term pleasures, those habits, The fun times we had with our friends, we could focus on that. But Jesus instead chooses to focus on this, that he is a superior treasure. Which is why I want to take this invisible treasure chest named Jesus. And I want to I don't want to flip it around. And I want you to look long and hard at what is inside. Do you know the kind of spiritual blessings that Jesus offers to you, to me, to the world? Uh, It's insane. Inside, I'm going to sit on the treasure chest of Jesus right now. (laughs) He offers us, he offers us forgiveness for free. Isn't that insane? Who do you know that would ever do that? Like, you mess up with someone, you got to work to rebuild their trust and restore a relationship, not Jesus. He, he just forgives. The, the Greek word for forgive literally means to send something away. It's like all the words that I wish I wouldn't have said, all the choices I wish I wouldn't have made, instead of hanging over my head, God sends them away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. And the same is true for you if you trust in Jesus. You might feel bad about it. You might think about it, but but God's not thinking about it. He has separated it from you. He has sent it away. It's forgiven. That thing is forgiven. Those things are forgiven. The worst things are forgiven. Not socially acceptable sins, all the sins. They're forgiven. Whatever you feel bad about has already been forgiven. That is the treasure that is Jesus. And there in the treasure chest of Jesus right next to forgiveness is this fact that God is now for us. I love that one so much. God for us. You ever gone through something hard in your life and thought that God was against you? You trip up and you think, okay, I know what this is. Because when I did that, now God's going to do this. For a Christian, that is never true. Never. (laughs) If every sin has been sent away, God doesn't have a single reason to get us back. Instead, he is for us. We sing this in a song called "The Blessing" at our church. It's beautifully repetitive. No, he is—he is for us. He is for us. He's with us, and he's in us, and he is for us. So whatever happens to you, it is never God getting you. You never have to wonder when the lightning bolt is going to come, when he's going to sabotage your future, when you're battling cancer, when the breakup—that is never God punishing you for your sin, because Jesus was punished for your sin. In Jesus, you have the God who runs the universe every single day, 24-7, 365 being for you. And if all that weren't enough in this treasure, you get love. How many of you have dogs? Yeah. How many of you love your dogs? If I asked you why you love your dogs so much, would the answer be unconditional love? People tell me that all the time. Like, My dog, (laughs) I could have the worst day in the world. And I walk through the door and my dog is so happy to see me. (laughs) My dog thinks I'm a rock star. You're that little tails wagging back and forth. Listen, you think think your friends love you. You you think your mom loves you. You think your dog loves you. Have you ever thought of God? I mean, God doesn't have a tail. (laughs) But if he did, (laughs) if he did and you walked into the room, oh, like, do you, think, do you think maybe God made dogs that way so you and I would know? Like, what it's like just to, to be terrible and we walk through the door and it's like we're not. Like, love all the time, to know through the ups and the downs, they love us, they love us, not, not God. No, his love is unfailing and it's enduring and it never ends, like, man, if we had more time, I could keep going. It's not just forgiveness. It's not just God for us. It's not just unconditional love. There are so many blessings that are here and now ours because of Jesus Christ. And everything that I've been saying, that's just now. (laughs) That's not even the best part of being a Christian. The best part, oh my goodness, is yet to come. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus channeled his inner Conor McGregor And he karate kicked death right in the face and he dropped it to the ground and rose victorious from the grave so that you and I would not have to fear death. It would be a comma that leads to the best part of the sentence. It would be a a kind of place where there's no weeping or mourning or crying or pain. There's no mental health struggles, miscarriage or addiction. There's no broken heart. There's no divorce. There's just God and his face and his love and feeling like we've never felt. Oh, Oh my goodness, all of this This is what is inside the beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. And if you know that, this makes sense. He found a treasure and in his joy he sold all that he had. Is it hard? For sure. Is it worth it? Without a doubt. Here's Jesus' big idea for today. If you're taking notes, write this down. Um, Don't worry. It's hard. Yep. It's going to cost you for sure. Don't worry. He is worthy. He's not just a guy, it's not just a Lord that you trust. He is an infinitely superior treasure. And just in case you had to take a bathroom break during Jesus' first story, (laughs) he tells another story which is almost exactly the same thing. Look at verse 45 of Matthew 13. Again, Jesus continues, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Sounds familiar, huh? Guy finds something really good, gives up everything he has, he does it with eagerness, with joy, he's not worried because the treasure is worth it. In other words, Jesus is not like Forrest Fenn's treasure. Remember that 32-year-old medical student who found it? He had studied Forrest Fenn's poem from his book. He'd been thinking, actually, about the clues for uh, about two years or so, and then he started the actual search. It took him 25 days of searching r- right around Wyoming until he stumbled across it. And when he did, do you want to guess how he felt? I'll let him tell you. Uh, Jack Steve, the young man who found the treasure, said this I, I am the person who found Forrest's famed treasure. The moment it happened, was not the triumphant Hollywood ending some surely envisioned. It just felt like I had survived something and was fortunate to come out the other end. Huh. You're a millionaire, man. Yes. Uh, apparently not. What do you say? I just survived? I guess I was f- fortunate. <laughs> Do you know who is not like that? Jesus. Do you know one word that you will never hear in heaven? Meh. Because <laughs> no. there's like a Hollywood ending and then there's a heavenly ending. And you're going to have to take the Bible's word for it, but when you see his face, every, everything you've been through will seem small. And you will sing what the angels sing in multiple chapters of Revelation, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. He was worth it. He was worth it. He was worth it. And and people who pushed and and made time for prayer and church in their life, they will say it it was worth it. And people who are battling same-sex attraction and gender dysphoria, who had a very hard road, they will look into the compassionate eyes of Jesus and say, you are worth it. And people who did their best to care for a grouchy parent as they were aging or a spouse who was straying, they will say, Jesus, it was worth it. And kids who tried to honor their imperfect parents and parents who love their imperfect kids, they will say, Jesus, it was worth it. The sacrifice we made, the time that we gave, every dollar, every cent, when you see the beaming face of Jesus, you will say it is worth it. I've been looking my whole life for something that is worthy and Jesus, it was you. Like a merchant looking for fine pearls, you find it. And in your joy, you give up everything because you believe deep in your heart he's worthy. And if you're not 100% sure just yet, I got to tell you one last thing. Like where do you see this Treasure, where do you come to believe that God is worth whatever he asks you to do? Well, Jack, the man who found Forrest Fenn's famous treasure, he, he knows. <laughs> Let me show you one more quote from him. He said, I don't want to ruin this treasure hunt by saying it was made for an English major, but it is based on the close read of a text. I understood Fenn and where he buried the treasure by reading his words and listening to him talk over and over and over and over again. Boom. <laughs> Some of you know where I'm about to go, don't you? Huh, where do you find the treasure? By reading words. Well, I wonder what that could mean. <laughs> we can listen to words over and over and over again. And that is why I'm so glad that you're here. Most treasure hunts have a secret map and a journey that might cost you your life. But God today is not handing you a map with secret codes, riddles, and poems. He's handing you a book that on every page expresses the glorious treasure that is His one and only Son. You can download a copy for free. You can take this one if you don't have one at home. And you can open it today and not need 25 days like Jack did. Or years to maybe find the treasure, you can discover it today. And by listening over and over and over again, you will start to say, even on earth, what the saints and angels say in heaven Worthy. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. So, I won't lie to you, it's not easy. But friends, do not worry. Jesus is worthy. Let's pray. (sighs) Jesus, your name, that is what we think when we think of you. Your name is great. (laughs) The devil's greatest goal is to make us think otherwise, that you're not worth it that this sacrifice, this obedience, this repentance, this following you instead of vice versa, it's not worth it, but that is a lie. Jesus, no one loves us like you. No one accepts us like you. No one is with us like you. No one listens to us like you. No one cares about us like you. No one saves us like you. There is no one like you. So today, we remind our own hearts and we remind the hearts of everyone gathered in this space that you are absolutely worth it. Father, give us your Holy Spirit that every time we open this book in our homes, every time we turn on Christian radio in our car, every time we podcast as we fold the laundry, every time we gather here for worship, this would be the end goal, not to give us a good feeling but to remind us that your son, whatever he says, is worth it. Father, make us like the men in these stories (laughs) who give up everything not with grumbling reluctance, but with ecstasy and joy because we found, simply put, a treasure. In the name of Jesus, we pray and God's people said, amen. Do you find Jesus really interesting but kind of confusing? Maybe today you sense that God is working on your hearts and giving you a new excitement about the things of the Christian faith, but you're not quite sure what to do next. If so, you're exactly the kind of person that I wrote this brand new book for called, The Basics. Uh, It's not AP Bible and it's not going to answer every question you have about Christianity, but it's going to get you back to the basics of why Jesus is worth following today and for the rest of your life. If you're interested, just go to timeofgrace.org to download your free copy. Do you ever wonder if God could love you after what you've done? Are you ever afraid for the faith of your children or grandchildren or just the next generation? Do you ever struggle to find time to pray when there's so much going on in life and you're so busy and preoccupied? Well, Jesus has a story about that. (laughs) Jesus has a story about all of that, in fact. In his ministry, Jesus loved to tell stories that we call parables. It's Jesus' explanation for the way that things work and God's big plan for this broken world. And in my brand new book, Stories to Change Your Life, we're going to take a deep dive into these stories from Jesus. Before we lose our hope, before we give in to fear, before we get overwhelmed by the brokenness of this world, Jesus is going to offer us joy and peace and an explanation. Let's lean into his amazing stories, told by the greatest storyteller of all time, Jesus. Stories to Change Your Life is our way of thanking you for your financial support. Request yours today by calling 800-661-3311 Visit timeofgrace.org or write us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin 53201. Time of grace doesn't end here. Visit timeofgrace.org and explore encouraging resources or sign up for a daily email and have everything delivered right to your inbox. Like our Grace Moments devotions, Grace Talks devotional videos, blog, and podcasts. Follow us on social media, where you'll find a supportive Christian community. If you need prayer, give us a call and let us know what's on your heart. Thank you so much for your support. See you next week on Time of Grace.